We have a crisis. These are not the type of people who come to America like my great-grandparents did, like your great-grandparents and grandparents and parents who came to America to kiss the ground. Instead, they spit on our flag, they trample on our values, and they commit crimes. And they do so at taxpayer expense. Biden is going to war with Snickers for shrinking the bars. There's a lot of Snickers, Snickers, what's happened with the Snickers bars? Yeah. Snickers bars, you know, that candy? Yeah. Well, they haven't raised the price of a Snickers bar. They just took 10% of it out. <laughs> oh, no, no, it's a little smaller. So that's how they're making more money. Are you ready? This just did your president is not going to be charged in the Biden documents investigation. Your president... Uh, Willfully retained, stolen, classified information, but will not face charges. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, congratulations to uh, the Biden family. They have, uh, they have ducked uh, criminal charges. But as we now know, as we now know, ladies and gentlemen, once Biden's out of office, uh, which I, I, I put that to be, what is it going to be? It's going to be a 12.30 p.m. on the 20th of January 2025 so about 12:30 p.m. uh the my my argument would be that the the justice department under the tutelage of uh, of Donald Trump will be able to prosecute him for those documents uh, it doesn't mean that he's scot free it just means that they're choosing not to not to charge not to charge him now right so uh this is look this is now you got a problem because now you've got a problem with the Trump case where he took documents and now we know Joe Biden took documents. So you know what that is now? That is a moot point because what we can rely on is everybody does it. Everybody does it. Everybody did it. Everybody done did it. I mean, and that's what that's what it is. So I'm not even interested in that. I'm interested in what we saw take place earlier today. My Lord. Okay, my Lord. This was incredible. The the procedure that I watched and listened to, really listened to it more than watch because they don't have cameras in the Supreme Court, which I think is the dumbest thing ever, but okay, whatever. Um, at the Supreme Court earlier today, we saw history in the making as the state of Colorado, and full full disclosure, I am, I, I am a Coloradist. I do not like Colorado. I avoid Colorado. It's not a state that I'm all about. It's fine for people that like it, but it's not a state that I'm all about. Um, they decided they were going to throw Donald Trump off the ballot. They were going to say, listen, we're not putting him on the ballot. We believe he committed an insurrection. Even though he wasn't charged with an insurrection, even though he didn't cop to an insurrection, even though he hasn't been put on trial for an insurrection per se, um, he has not. He has not been insurrected, right? He he has not been insurrected. He's on his way to a resurrection, I think, in terms of politics, not anything else. But here's the deal. They get into the arguments today at the uh, at the Supreme Court and something absolutely amazing takes place. The people you like the least on the court, if you're a conservative, the people whom you like the least. Uh, I'm talking uh, Katanji uh, uh, Brown Jackson, uh, Jackson Brown. Uh, I'm talking uh, about Elena Kagan. I'm talking uh, about Sonia Sotomayor. These are the people that you would figure 
we're going to come hard at the uh, the Trump team. Oh, no, they didn't do that. Not at all. Not even a little bit. They sided, well, at least in the case of, uh, of, of Ketanji Jackson-Brown, she, she, she came down bigly, as Trump would say, on her side, on, on his side. I'm going to play this clip for you because this is such an amazing piece of sound. This is the moment where Colorado and Maine had their hearts broken because this thing's going to either come back 8-1 or 9-0 with what happened here today. Give me cut number 37, Katanji hitting hard on these wackos a la Colorado, Rocky Mountain High. My view of the history, I'm wondering really whether presidential elections were such a circumstance that the framers um, actually envisioned states. view of the history, I'm wondering really whether presidential elections were such a circumstance that the framers um, actually envisioned states enforcing Section 3 with respect to presidential elections as opposed to senatorial elections, representatives, the sort of more local concerns. So can you speak to the argument that really Section 3 was about preventing the South from rising again in the context of these sort of local elections as opposed to focusing on the presidency? Well, two points on that, Justice Jackson. First is that, as I discussed earlier, there isn't the same history of states regulating ballot access at this time. So ballot access rules to restrict presidential candidates wouldn't have wouldn't have existed. They wouldn't have been raised one way or another. Right, but I'm not but, making a distinction between ballot access and no, anything else. Understood. Yeah. But the more yeah. the more broad point I want to make is that what is very clear from the history is is that the framers were concerned about charismatic rebels who might rise through the ranks up to and including the presidency of the United States. But then why didn't they put the word president in the very enumerated list? in section three. The thing that really is troubling to me is I totally understand your argument, but they were listing people that were barred and president is not there. And so I guess that just makes me worry that maybe they weren't focusing on the president and, for example, the fact that electors of vice president and president are there suggests that really what they thought was if we're worried about the charismatic person, we're going to bar insurrectionist electors, and therefore that person is never going to rise. This came up in the debates in Congress over Section 3, where uh, Reverdy Johnson said, why haven't you included president and vice president in the language? And Senator Morrill responds, we have. Look at the language, any office under the United States. Yes, but doesn't that at least suggest ambiguity? And this sort of ties into Justice Kavanaugh's point. In other words, we had a, a person right there at the time saying what I'm saying. The, the language here doesn't seem to include president. Why is that? And so if there's an ambiguity, why would we construe it to, as Justice Kavanaugh pointed out, uh, uh, against democracy? Well, Reverdy Johnson. Now, here's here's the thing. This is a civil libertarian um, in, 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 in the justice pointing out the fact that you could have written the language 
more specifically to include the president. But since there is no language for the president, you have now jammed us up. And she is somebody who, um, by reputation, is somebody who's very sharp on the 14th Amendment and all that that entails. And you can see from her questioning of this guy that she's essentially telling him, you don't have a leg to stand on. We have to blow this up, which means we have to blow up Maine and we have to blow up the other 15 states that want to try to keep Trump off the ballot with all this stuff. So get ready. Get ready and watch this. This is big. This is big. Now, they can still put him in jail and they can still say he's an insurrectionist. and They can still do all this stuff. They'll use Tanya Chutkin to throw him in the in the jail. Then they'll put him in a van and drive him down to Fonnie Willis and they'll put him in jail there, too. But he's going to be on the ballot. Apparently, he's going to be on the ballot. I mean, and that's my supposition listening to the arguments from earlier today. If you were listening, I'd love to get your thoughts as well. Once again, if you're just joining us, special counsel report Biden willfully means on purpose kept illegal classified information, but will not face charges because he's got the magic shield, the presidency. He won't be immune once he leaves the office because that was the ruling a couple of days ago. I'm not allowed to tell people who this walk-up song is for. Somebody in the building. 704-570-1110. News Talk 1110. 99.3 WBT. Brett Whittable Show. Good to be with you. Uh, Let's jump out on the phones and uh, take some calls. People patiently holding on. Let's go to Jim first up. Hey, Jim, welcome to the show. So, hey, Brett. Yes, sir. Just wanted to uh, ask a quick question. Okay. So... Barring anything stupid like Biden gives himself a pardon or something, when he gets out of office and they don't charge him, can Trump come back and sue the Department of Justice for all his legal fees uh, because of the double standard? Uh, No, I don't think that would be the case. But if Trump gets elected, he could certainly tell the attorney general to look into the Biden's classified case. It's not like... Unless unless Biden writes himself a pardon for taking those documents, which he might. I mean, it's, that's entirely possible, I guess. Um, but no, the, he's not. He can't go back and sue. You can't sue a president for for what they've they've done while they're in office. You got to wait now because the precedent's been set. Right? We just heard that decision a couple days ago uh, at the Washington uh, 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 appeals court that uh, Donald Trump's a regular citizen. So. Joe Biden was a regular citizen when he pilfered the documents. You could make that argument because he was a senator well, and he was a congressman. I mean, he was a, uh, a, so, a vice president. So what I was asking was, we're pretty sure that when Biden leaves office, he won't get charged with anything on the yes. uh, the classified. Yes. What I'm asking is, since they charged Trump mm-hmm. after he left the office, mm-hmm. And he had to pay all the legal fees to fight that. Why can't he sue the the Department of Justice since they're doing this double standard and he got charged for something that I, look, they proved I, I, willingly that the other one did? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Well, the difference is Donald Trump was not the president when he had the documents. Joe Biden is the president and he's got the documents. And it's very difficult to file a suit against the Department of Justice. Um, if I if if I'm Trump, I would just really try to settle it on the other side. 
You know, I would I would try to do it on the other side. You could, could he sue? Yes, you could. He could file it. Anybody can sue for any reason. I just don't know if they're gonna. You know, if you are uh, committing, if you're committing a crime, um, and 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 you want to, and you know, and you want to say that the, that the DOJ is committing crime, they're using discretion. That's the problem. Um, that's and that's that's a prerogative that Mar- Merrick Garland has. He can say, well, or Robert Hur can say, well, we're not going to charge him. So. You know, it's it's frustrating, but I don't I don't see Trump being able to sue anybody and get any money out of this. I mean, I think it revenge would be cold would be served up cold in that regard. But it's a good try. I mean, I guess. I mean, uh, Brian, welcome to the program, Brian. Brian, going once, going twice. Thank you, Brian. It was a pleasure speaking with you today. Elena Kagan is a Supreme Court just us. Cut number thirty eight. She was kind of fit to be tied about. Well, what the argument was in front of her today involving the uh, the issue of Colorado. Go. Why should a single state have the ability to make this determination, not only for their own citizens, but for the rest of the nation? Because Article 2 gives them the power to, to appoint their own electors as they see fit. But if they're going to use a federal constitutional qualification as a ballot access determinant, then it's creating a federal constitutional question that then this court decides. And other courts, other states, if, if this court affirms the decision below, determining that President Trump is ineligible to be president, other states would still have to determine what effect that would have on their own state's law. And so she's asking, well, why, why does Colorado get to throw him off the ballot if everybody else doesn't get to throw him off the ballot? And, and other states are trying to do that. I mean, we saw what happened in Maine. And I'm, I, I may be reading this wrong. I mean, I'm not a lawyer and I'm not a I'm not a jurist and I'm not a judge. Um, it's entirely possible, I guess, that they could come back and say, no, we believe we believe that this is what has to happen. Wow. The documents report says that Biden appeared to have poor memory. Whoa, whoa. That, ladies and gentlemen, is a bombshell. That is actually in the documents of the, of the, of the documents. That is in the report from her, Robert Her. That is in his report. Documents report says Biden appeared to have poor memory on these documents. Now, Hold on a second. There's a constituency in this audience who will know what I'm talking about. Is this a Vinny the Chin Giganti thing where he's taking a shower uh, in, 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 the, uh, in the shower with an umbrella over his head and he's mumbling to himself in the park? Remember, Jimmy, uh, the, Vinny the Chin Giganti did that for a very long time in New York City to avoid being prosecuted. They thought he was, they thought he was off his rocker. They thought he had, you know, he had been a, 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 a boxer at at a period of time, and they thought maybe he had been punch drunk and couldn't remember things. Well, this is the president of the United States, and this report, this docs report that just came out, and this is only on Fox, Biden appeared to have poor memory. On CNN, it's Biden willfully retained classified information but will not face charges. You can bet your bippy that they're not going to show that on either the CNN or Ms. NBC. News Talk 1110-993 WBT. Uh, the president did not remember being president, I, I, vice president. Uh, according to the documents report, Afghan documents were found near a dog bed and soil in the garage. 
This is this is going to end up being worse than if he was charged. If he was charged, it would be different. This is terrible. This is terrible. They're saying he didn't remember when he was vice president. Uh, this is Robert Hur. He is going to be, I promise you, he is going to be sent off to the FBI division in Kazakhstan. Special counsel Robert Hur will not recommend criminal charges against President Biden for mishandling classified documents, according to his report, after a months-long investigation into the president's alleged improper retention of classified records. Hur has been investigating Biden's improper retention. It's theft. I mean, it's a st- theft of records. It's not improper retention. Those records included classified documents about military and foreign policy in Afghanistan. So this isn't like 40-year-old stuff. Among other records related to national security and foreign policy, which Hur said um, implicated sensitive intelligence sources and methods. We conclude no criminal charges are warranted in this matter. We would reach a same conclusion if the Department of Justice policy did not foreclose criminal charges against a sitting president. The special counsel also described Biden as a sympathetic, well-meaning, elderly man with poor memory. I mean, that's the FBI. That's the Department of Justice confirming the things that we now know. And can I tell you over on CNN? CNN special counsel report Biden willfully retained classified information, but will not face. They're not acknowledging any of the internals of the investigation. And, and Brianna Keeler and, and her co-host look like they would rather be drinking sauerkraut water than being on TV talking about this right now. They, they, they look like they are on such pins and needles to look at. I mean, you could look at it on the on, on, on the channel. They are worried. This whole thing, Doc's report, Biden memory appeared hazy. Her just said. This is this is a problem. Listen to this. The special counsel described Biden as a sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with poor memory. We have considered that at trial, Mr. Biden would likely present himself to a jury as he did during our interview of him as a sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory based on our direct interactions and observations of him. This is the president with the codes. This, I mean, this is blockbuster. Based on our direct interactions. So that's Robert Hur with the president asking him questions. He is someone from whom many jurors will want to identify reasonable doubt. It would be difficult to convince a jury that they should convict him by then a former president well into his 80s of a serious felony that requires a mental state of willfulness. So he's not responsible for what he's done. Her said his investigation uncovered evidence that President Biden willfully, willfully retained and disclosed classified materials after his vice presidency when he was a private citizen. That is what Trump has been being hammered for, but okay. 
The materials included marked classified documents about military and foreign policy in Afghanistan and notebooks containing Mr. Biden's handwritten entries about issues of national security and foreign policy implicating sensitive intelligence sources and methods. Hearst said FBI agents recovered materials from the garages, offices, and basement den in Mr. Biden's Wilmington, Delaware home. He said, the evidence does not establish Mr. Biden's guilt beyond a reasonable doubt. Well, he told you why, because he can't remember. Prosecution of Mr. Biden is also unwarranted based on our consideration of the aggravating and mitigating factors set forth in the Justice Department of Justice principles of federal prosecution. Prosecution of Mr. Biden is also unwarranted for our consideration of the aggravating and mitigating issue. The White House was given the opportunity to review the report for privilege after her initially submitted the report on February 5th and did not seek any redaction. Damning photos are included with the with the with the report photos that the Biden campaign reportedly feared could have a negative impact on his 2024 election bid. A second stash of documents were found inside the garage of the president's home in Wilmington, Delaware, but revealed to the public earlier this month, uh, prompting uh, Merrick Garland to appoint U.S. Attorney Robert Hur to look for this stuff. So um, here's what this is what you've got. He's he's too apparently too frail and his memory's not strong enough to. Uh, to I mean, this is. This is really shocking to me. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, I'm I. I what he's basically telling the world is that this is a person who doesn't know what they're doing. And it's the president. Now the meter on stuff and all this kind of makes sense. I mean, I'm, I'm not taking a victory lap or laughing. I, I don't think I don't think this is funny. I think this is a very serious matter. Jack, welcome to the program. Hey, buddy. How you doing, man? I'm well. Yeah, can you hear me OK? I do, I do hear you. Yes. Yeah, man, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, it's, it's not a good look for President Biden. But I was under the impression that the reason that, that President Trump was charged was because he refused, once, once they, they determined that he had the documents, he refused to, to turn them back in. That's true. Yeah, that was that's the difference in the two cases. Yeah. And then if, if, if Biden is guilty, mm-hmm. that means... Uh, Donald Trump's guilty also. Sure. Uh, there you go. You, yeah. you you win the day. Exactly. Big, big day for Jack. Good, I mean, great, great take. It, I've only been saying this for, you know, the last two, two, two years. I mean, it's, you're, you got it, man. You, you nailed it. Yeah. You, tight, so I, I tight take, that, that tight take. For us to, no, it's not. Yeah, it's not. It's really, it's not. Jack, it's, it's not difficult to understand this at all. It's not. Um, how, how do you, how do you feel about the fact that this is a person who, who is confused and doesn't, doesn't understand what's going i mean th- th- does this scare you at all oh hey, of course it does it man. should it should absolutely man i mean this is it's a big deal jack i mean it's a look it's a good day for jack it's a bad day for the country see jack is this interesting guy i'm gonna i'm gonna analyze when jack calls me or jack calls pete or jack calls other people he comes in and he tells you what you already know and then he says well then how about that But what he does is he takes one very thin slice of salami and he shows you that. And then you go, yeah, but what about all this other stuff? And then he bails. I mean, this is I I don't understand this whole. 
I, I don't understand this entire uh, sympathetic empathy thing. Again, let me r- repeat this. According to the report, Biden did not remember being vice president. Jack, you should be concerned with that. He doesn't remember being vice president. You could put John, Donald Trump in jail 24-7, 365, Jack, but... The president does not remember when he was VP. That's the headline. What's the headline on CNN? Special counsel report. Biden willfully retained classified information but won't face charges. They're not talking about what Biden didn't remember as vice president. This is a big, not to Jack, not to the Jacks of this world. That's not a big deal. I think this is a really big deal because I want to know now, since he didn't remember when he was VP, since he doesn't apparently have a, a great grip on these documents. I mean, they're sitting. Look at this picture. I mean, this picture is like these documents are sitting in a torn cardboard box in a filthy area. And these are Afghan documents. That's a problem. You can go go with Trump all you want. I'll, I'll join in with it. I'll say, yeah, he, he didn't give the documents back. He didn't give them back. Okay, that's been established. But this is, a, this is a real problem for us. How do we know what didn't walk out the door? Again, uh, breaking news, CNN. Special counsel report Biden willfully retained classified information but won't face charges. Fox. Her, the investigator. Biden did not remember when he was VP. This is the classic model of information suppression. News Talk 1110 wbt Brett Waterville Show. Good to be with you. Let's talk to Chris, who's been patiently holding on. Hello, Chris. Hello, Brett. Hey, hey, hey. what's happening? Uh, Quite a story you got going there. I can barely hear you. Uh, anyway, I just had a question because uh, I'm confused. I could hear, see both sides of my issue. Um, are you saying that the FBI is reporting that Biden does not remember details about this particular incident while he was vice president? Are you saying or, or are they saying that he does not remember the fact that he was the vice president? That's what that's what the uh, reporting is. Yes. So he doesn't remember being vice president. That's that's what the reporting is. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, that's something to think about. I appreciate you telling me. You got it, man. No problem at all. I mean, I I don't take joy in this. Like I'm actually now I'm I'm actually now scared. I think Nikki Haley needs to declare as a Democrat and run against Biden. For the for the for the uh, nomination. What what she's. She is the classic American story. And then we are guaranteed a bite, a, uh, a Haley Trump matchup. And let's see what happens. You know, the person that you have to find out from with this, honestly, they should be staking out Kamala Harris's uh, vice presidential place where she where she lives at the uh, at the Naval Observatory. She, we should find out. We, there should be a statement. And, and my gosh, how is it that there is not a statement coming out from Corrine Jean-Pierre or Jill Biden or any of this stuff? Because here's the problem. And, and I'm, I'm serious when I say this. The problem is, are, are you guys ready? Do you, uh, make sure you put this on the, uh, on the extra, extra long 
uh, delay because people are going to freak out when I say this. So remember on Monday when the remember on Monday when the president said he wasn't going to do an interview with CBS News because CBS News is like a hostile, a hostile territory. Okay, it's just as bad as like Newsmax. Not. But he wouldn't talk to CBS News. And so now what do we have happening? We have this report comes out now. Now, they're going to try to bury this with the SB event that's coming up on, on, on Sunday. But here's the problem. This is in the bloodstream now. Oh, oh look, this is interesting. Okay, this is very interesting. So CNN, special counsel report. Biden willfully retained classified information but will not face charges. That's the breaking story that just broke right now. It's the same story that's been broken for 40 minutes, and they're not acknowledging some of this other stuff here. The White House is calling it a victory. They're pleased the Biden documents investigation is over. But here's the problem. It's now out in the bloodstream of the body politic that he didn't remember being VP, that his memory is a huge issue. All of these things. And that's in a report. This is not a leak. This is not guy calls congressman and says, hey, we got a problem. This is a leak. This is not a leak. This is a report that says that. Doc's report. Biden's memory appeared hazy. Okay. I mean, I, I don't you tell me how you want to handle this. This is this is how we have to think about this. How, how do you want to handle this situation? Because uh, you're not going to improve from here. You're, you're, you're not going to improve. You're not going to get better from here. And this world is really dangerous. This is a this is a very dangerous thing that we're seeing. Can you can you get me that clip that we had in the open uh, the first clip that we uh, the second clip we had in the open, the second clip the, Joe Biden is going around the country and all he's doing is he's eating food. And I'm not making fun of him. I mean, because you should have food. But he went in front of a crowd, I guess, yesterday and was complaining about the Snickers bars getting smaller. I have the audio. This is the audio. Biden is going to war with Snickers for shrinking. the No, bars. that's not it. That's not it. But that's. Joe Biden goes into this room with these people and he goes, what's the deal with Snickers? They're 10 percent smaller than they used to be. And what you've got is these these montages of him just going out and eating ice cream and ice cream cones and Snickers and, and all of this stuff. And the White House early this morning said, well, yeah, the, the, the audience likes that. The audience likes to see him. Uh, kind of hanging around and eating food and eating candy and eating stuff like that. I'm not making uh, none of this is to disrespect the presidency or to disrespect President Biden. But th- this is a problem because these docs report the documents report Biden memory had significant limitations. These are in the report from the Department of Justice. So this isn't like this isn't Newsmax. This isn't Fox News. This isn't Hannity. This isn't, you know, any of that stuff. This is this is coming from official documents now. And we're being told that when he said Mitterrand, that was just a slip up. That was just a slip up. Okay, it's a slip up. But you're in a world now 
where you all saw it three days ago, I saw it three days ago, he was talking about a potential ceasefire in, in the Middle East. And what did you see? You saw him freeze up. He couldn't say Hamas. He couldn't get to the word Hamas. And one of the one of the friendly reporters said Hamas. And he said, yeah, Hamas. He couldn't remember the wording. He didn't know what was going on. And I'm watching CNN on silent. It's Everything in here is on silent. I'm able to see all these TVs. And uh, Paul Begala looks like he'd rather be any place but where he is on TV right now. Brianna Keeler uh, clearly is disturbed by this. Uh, this is a danger for us from from a security standpoint. So let me let me float a theory that's going around in D.C. And this is a theory that's going around in D.C. that I that I heard from somebody on the Hill. OK, I'm not going to give up who it was. You know, John Kerry. John Kerry was the climate czar, remember, and he was flying all over the world. He was doing all this sort of stuff. And now there's an investigation into how he spent his money and how he was doing things. The implication of this is that John Kerry, yes, was the climate czar, but he has now left that job and Podesta is going to be the new climate czar. Look at what they're assembling. They're assembling John Kerry. They're assembling Podesta. They're they're assembling uh, Blinken. This is very reminiscent of what they did with Woodrow Wilson before the 25th Amendment came into vogue they're just going to try to organize the government by committee and see how long they can get along with this document reports biden shows diminished faculties our country is in danger news talk 1110-993 WBT. It is the Brett Witterbull show. This is a uh, this is a, a, a very sad day today. Special counsel has released the Biden uh, report on the classified documents, and obviously, there's not going to be any charges. He's not going to be held uh, to account for for any of these documents. Um, but what has been unearthed in this regard is uh, is is truly shocking. I'm going to read from you. I'm going to read to you from this report. Now, here is is what is interesting. CNN is continuing with this headline and, and it is breaking news. Special counsel report. Biden willfully retained classified information, but will not face charges. Now we know what's at the root of much of this. Paul Bedard is a uh, is a D.C. Uh, veteran who is uh, covering a lot of different angles in this regard. From the report, he put, a, uh, he put an excerpt out from this report that was uh, just released in the last hour or so. In his interview with our office, meaning the FBI, and meaning Joe Biden, in his interview with our office, Mr. Biden's memory was worse. He did not remember when he was vice president. So we had a caller ask me about that. Chris asked about that. He did not remember when he was vice president, forgetting on the first day of the interview when his term ended. 
quote, if it was 2013, when did I stop being vice president? And forgetting on the second day of the interview when his term began. In 2009, am I still vice president? He did not remember even within several years when his son, Bo, died. And his memory appeared hazy when describing uh, the Afghanistan uh, documents. I, I, I take no joy in this. Continuing. Continuing. And his memory appeared hazy when describing the Afghanistan debate that was once so important to him. Among other things, he mistakenly said he had a real difference of opinion with General Carl Eikenberry, when in fact Eikenberry was an ally whom Mr. Biden cited approvingly in his Thanksgiving memo to President Obama. This, this is a crisis. This is trending right now on Twitter under the 25th Amendment hashtag. This is a person who is, uh, well, I mean, you, you, can, you can draw your own conclusion. We, we've seen him publicly out speaking, doing things um, in, in a number of, of, of settings and, you know, facilitations. But this is, this is a, um, this is damning. This is this is damning. Um, you know, when 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 you dive into this this report, he's not going to face any charges. And and part of the reason why he's not going to face any charges is, hers report basically says that they he didn't he doesn't remember that he doesn't remember. Continuing in this uh, in the, in this report, I just mentioned about Carl Eikenberry. In a case where the government must prove that Mr. Biden knew he had possession of classified Afghanistan documents after the vice presidency and chose to keep those documents, knowing he was violating the law, we expect that at trial his attorneys would emphasize these limitations in his recall. I, I, he, he doesn't remember. So who's so who is who is running? The White House. Who's his chief of staff? Where's his chief of staff? I mean, is Corrine Jean-Pierre and John Kirby, are they running the government? The 25th Amendment was put into place because Woodrow Wilson uh, had a stroke. And effectively, his wife stepped in with advisors and they just kind of kept him going until um, until he until he w- was was no longer available. So you have a unelected, unselected, all of this sort of stuff going into a very dangerous world. Who's making the call? Is Kamala going to make the call to send nukes against Tehran? Who, who's making the call? It's too bad. It's too bad that the president doesn't have a mentor who, who keeps an eye on him. And, and can and can keep him on the straight and narrow. It's too bad he doesn't have somebody in Washington, D.C. who would be able to help him, who would have the experience with running the White House. Uh, oh, wait, he does have he has one, right? Who was I can't remember his who was his president? Who was the president he served under? I don't remember. Could, is this how the, is this how we're managing this? 
Is this, ladies and gentlemen, to take this back? And again, I take no joy. I'm not making fun of him. I'm not mocking him at all. I'm worried for our men and women. This is now going out into the public. Uh, this is this is this is going to be seen around the world. What was the one thing President Obama said to Joe Biden when Joe Biden told him he was going to run for president? Um, and, and what did what did President Obama say? He said, Joe, you don't have to do this. Is, is it possible that while in the White House as vice president, that the former president saw him saw him sliding? We have men and women under arms. We have an incredibly dangerous world. The border is wide open. What what do you want to do about this? Do you care? I mean, maybe you don't care. And if you don't care, call me. I mean, you can tell me. I don't care about this. We, uh, it's fine. They've got this thing handled. We're not worried about it. Are you concerned about it? it, it it's even now, I mean, it's even now beyond the criminal issues. <laughs> News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Brett Winterville Show. Good to be with you. Just so uh, the evidence will will show, on the uh, on the phones, we've got Isaac. And with the wheels of steel, we've got TJ. John is up next in the queue. John, welcome to the program. Your assessment on Good what day, we're hearing. Good Brett. How are you doing? I'm great. What, what are you thinking about these um, these revelations here today? I'm, I missed that What? About about these revelations with the president. Oh yeah, and um, all that uh, stuff. When, when you lose CNN, that is the first step of the machine throwing Joe overboard. Oh boy! You know, they're, they're, this is where they're starting to plant these seeds to say, okay, you know, somewhere between now and the uh, convention, or right after the convention, uh, his health takes a turn for the worse, and he steps down, and they're just going to stick whomever in there. Uh, mm-hmm. My guess would be uh, Gavin Newsom. Yep. But, I mean, the fact that CNN is not out there defending him, I, I think, is the writing on the wall. Oh, yeah. I think you're right on. I think you're I I, I take Gavin Newsom and the points. You know what I'm saying? I mean, this is... This is this is going to be uh, quite quite a uh, and what a battle royale that could possibly be, anyways. But uh, yeah, that that would be uh, that would be uh, quite the show. Uh, the other thing is, I don't know the legality of that of replacing a um, candidate after the mm. uh, prim- or after the primaries and after the convention. You remember they was it New York they did that with a Senate race or something and it was completely illegal. But the judge was like, yeah, but it's the Democrats, so I'm going to let you do it. It was, it was Frank Lautenberg when he died in New Jersey, and then they just swapped out a, a, a new person. And then remember Mel Carnahan uh, there in, uh, in Missouri in 2000 when they swapped him out. He died, and they just threw his wife on there as, you know, automatically without any kind of a, uh, a affair. So, I, I, yeah. look, it's a top-to-bottom top organization. I have a theory as well, um, and I appreciate you calling in on the show, John. Thank you so much. Always good to talk to you. Hey, you got it. Absolutely. Uh, give me, uh, TJ, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. Uh, there's, there's, a, there's a clip I want to play here. There's, this is very unusual to me that I saw this uh, come out today. 
and it struck me. Cut number 33. Cut 33. This person popped up this morning, and I hadn't seen her in a couple of days or a couple of weeks. Could this be the answer for what ails Joe? It's more than just the political partisan advantage. There is a yearning for leaders who can kill and imprison their opponents, destroy the press, uh, lead a life that is one of impunity, unbound by any laws. There's a yearning among certain people in our country for that kind of leadership. And I find that absolutely gobsmacking terrifying. That is Hillary Rodham Clinton taking a big swing at MAGA Nation. She did that last night on uh, MSNBC, and it was making the rounds this morning. Why does Hillary suddenly show up on the scene? Hmm. Don, welcome to the program, Don. Yeah, um, uh, well, I got two questions for you. Um, uh, commenting on Joe Biden and his mental condition, I mean, everybody can see it. I, I'm not a doctor, well, I can see it. Anyways, uh, first part about that, uh, do you remember when Nancy Pelosi passed the 25th Amendment about removing a president? Yeah, okay. And everybody thought that, oh, my God, this is for Trump. It's for, it's for Biden. Mm. That was aimed at Biden. They've known it all along. All right. So, so you think there, he's obviously going to be uh, making his way out of this uh, position, uh, maybe during the convention, maybe something else. Uh, who, who do you think is, is going to be eyeing the, the shot? Oh, my God. Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom. All right. Good. That's 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 a popular pick. We'll see. We'll see if that ends up being what, what the case is. But here's the thing I'll tell you. That rumor that was going around like a month ago, could it be more likely now, former first lady, not Hillary Clinton, former first lady, but not Hillary Clinton. Could could it possibly end up being Michelle Obama? 704-570-1110 is the uh, telephone number to be a part of the conversation. I want to dive into a couple other things as well. Uh, there's 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 a lot of stuff. Uh, that we are looking at. And if you want to if you want to if you want to remark on the arguments from Donald Trump's uh, team earlier today, I think this is going to be a big win uh, in favor of not Colorado, Colorado. And I think uh, uh, Maine are going to uh, be very, very sad with the way these arguments have been have been uh, structured. Um, to me, listening to these Supreme Court justices ask the questions, and it's not even necessarily about what the answers are. Those probing questions are really powerful. And those probing questions involve very specific contentions. And I, I played the sound a little bit earlier. I'll play it again for you in the, in the coming up in the next hour. Beth Troutman's going to be joining us uh, here, here today. Um, but one of the things that came up consistently was... Um, why was there no mention in that third provision of the 14th Amendment for presidents of the United States being barred from the ballot? You have a number of other things, right? You had Confederates. You had Confederates who had who had been pardoned. Uh, you had Congress people. You had senators. You had the potential of those people, uh, it, it, governors, all that sort of stuff. But they never put in a provision for the president of the United States to be barred or a person who was running for the presidency of the United States to be barred from the process. And I got to tell you, 
I got I, I sincerely, I have to tell you, because um, a lot of people went very, very uh, hard at uh, the, the newest Supreme Court justice. And I saw people making fun of her saying, well, she doesn't know what a woman is and she couldn't answer that question. Let me tell you something. She was sharp as a tack today. She was on point and she was spot on talking about essentially the civil liberties of, of the argument uh, with this uh, with this contention to try to throw Trump off the ballot. She was uh, she was not happy to see states trying to disenfranchise candidates. And it's interesting because she is regarded as a scholar of the 14th Amendment. That's that's what that's what a lot of people say um, about her. And so she was looking to make sure candidates were enfranchised, not disenfranchised at the federal level. Very interesting conversation. Talk 1110-993-WBT. It is the Brett Winterville Show. Good to be with you. Coming up at the bottom of the, uh, the end of the hour, we're going to have uh, Breaking Brett Jensen join us. Looking forward to that conversation. Let's go and talk to John, who's been patiently holding on. John, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you for coming. Hey, um, what do you think the vice president's going to say if they skip her and go right to Newsom like that? Well, okay, so this would be a difficult deal because... Technically, you can't have two people from the same state. Kamala Harris is from California and Newsom's from California. So who do you think the people would be clamoring for out of the uh, out of those two? Well, to me, they're both idiots. So I, I, don't know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, really, Newsom has drove their, their state uh, down a crap hole, I believe. Yeah. But um, I, I, don't, I can't. I mean. Tweedledee and Tweedledum. I, I don't know. All right, here's what I would guess. I here's I, I if I was going to forecast this out for you, here's what I would say. Okay, Sonia Sotomayor has sort of been making rumblings about maybe being tired of this job uh, at the Supreme Court. I could see President Biden getting Sotomayor to take a walk uh, to say, "Listen, you've done a great job, but I want to appoint uh. I want to appoint Kamala Harris to the Supreme Court." And I'm going to be heading on down the road, and then Newsom can come in and do whatever he wants to do. Um, that that I could see because the only way you're going to get Kamala Harris to not want to be president is to give her a, a lifetime uh, uh, appointment to a position where she can't be run, or, you know, run off or or intimidated, and that's a Supreme Court justice. I, I I believe I continue to believe that that's her ultimate goal is to become a Supreme Court justice. I mean, that, that's, that's a great scenario. I mean, I would take that. I mean, because you're going to be for the rest of your life, so you'll always be relevant. Uh, after she's vice president, I'm sure she'll make a lot of money. But, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a great scenario. And uh, tell me, what is Michelle Obama's qualifications to be? She's never hold any political office. Well, hold on. Uh, now, now let's play devil's advocate here, right? What were the qualifications of Donald Trump when he had never held office? He was a businessman. He knew how to run things. Well, she's a businesswoman. She's got she's got millions and millions and millions of dollars in production stuff happening, and she's a she's a business person too with the uh, with with uh, with her husband. All right. 
right. Checkmate. All right. <laughs> no problem, man. It's, I, you know, look, it's who knows where this is all going to go. Uh, and, and politics is never this neat and clean or neat and tidy. And I still I will stand by this, though, that I do think Hillary Clinton is fishing for something. She believes that she needs to come back and try to vanquish uh, Donald Trump. And I think uh, I think the left would 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 line up behind her as much as they didn't like her. I think they would get on board that that fight right there. Yeah. Thanks for the call, John. I appreciate you being out there. So uh, let's let's take a, a look at a couple of other uh, stories that are out there moving as well. Uh, and, and again, uh, this stuff is all is all we're wide open on this because we've got a series of news stories moving at the same time. Uh, there was just a, there's there's going to be a, a border update from uh, Greg Abbott. We've got uh, a bre- breaking news on CNN, by the way, uh, break, breaking news on CNN. Let me go ahead and get you this. Special counsel report Biden willfully retained classified information but will not face charges. That's the breaking news from, oh, this is even better. This is the breaking news from an hour and 40 minutes ago. That's the breaking news. That's the, that's the breaking news that they've got uh, ha- happening. Just because, because, look, the breaking news, it, it all depends on how you're breaking the news. CNN has done a really good job of breaking the news. The, the news used to work well, and now it's been broken. And so they are, they are continuing to tell uh, these stories. Kate Bedingfield uh, lending her expertise over on uh, the CNN. Kate Bedingfield was the person who got President Biden into office. She worked with the tabletop exercises uh, with the radicals that were in the streets that were threatening to, to do terrible things. Uh, if 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 Trump got reelected, remember, that was a, that was a big story uh, that was out there. I mean, it was just a humongous story. Other things that are happening at the exact same time, though, let's do this. Um, the the immigration issue continues to be a, a very big problem. We are not seeing any action uh, to secure the border in any way, shape or form. And then there's this interesting turn of events. I don't know if you knew this or not, but more than 150 Chinese nationals are entering the United States illegally every day since October. So at least 150 every day since October, illegal Chinese nationals, Chinese nationals now make up the fastest growing faction of illegal border crossers into the United States. Over 37,000 migrants have crossed in during the 2023 fiscal year, and 20,000 have crossed in just since October. It comes as the dispatch between Abbott and uh, the White House uh, continues. But among the record numbers of migrants flooding the southern border, Chinese illegal aliens make up the fastest growing group. Uh, Nobody is doing anything to stop them. Nobody is uh, deterring them. We don't know what they're what their mission is or, or what it is they're seeking, we just we just don't know. Uh, the surge forms part of an uncontrollable wave of migrant crossings that has stretched the border resources thin. U.S. Customs and Border Protection has tracked over one million migrant encounters since fiscal year 2024 began. That's in total. And now you've got uh, a hundred thousand higher than the same period last year. And it's going up, up, up amid fears of the influx of Chinese nationals who reportedly cross in San Diego a majority of the time. People are worried and they're starting to talk about whether or not it's an infiltration plan. You know, there's a lot of, of, of single males who have come across 
uh, the border, and we don't know what their what their plan is. Now, there's a, a flip side to this conversation, and the flip side that you'll hear from some people is, well, maybe it indicates that the Chinese government, that the Chinese government uh, was is starting to collapse, and these families are trying to get out of China. Maybe, perhaps. What are they doing? Maybe they're working in farming. Maybe they're working in industry. We, we don't know. We don't know who is responsible and how this is happening. Uh, you think about the amount of money it takes to get from, say, Mexico into the United States. Now imagine what it costs to get from China to South America to come up into the United States. That's a lot of money. That is a huge amount of money. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. It is the Brett Witterbull Show. Let's head out over and check in with Breaking Brett Jensen. Uh, right out of the box, Breaking Brett Jensen. I want to get your thoughts on uh, on a couple of things. But most importantly, let's start with what's going on with the uh, with the Hornets. They seem to be uh, 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 doing a whole bunch of trades. What are we seeing here as they send uh, forward P.J. Washington to the Mavs for Grant Williams, Seth Curry? And it looks like Gordon Hayward's going to be making his way over to uh, Oklahoma City. What's happening here? So you can, <clears throat> excuse me, if you're one of the four worst teams in the entire NBA with all those players, mm-hmm. you can be one of the four worst teams without those players. And so this team is going nowhere fast. This is the last year, um, the second go around for Steve Clifford, but the last time that he'll be in Charlotte as a head coach this last year. It'll end season usually ends right around tax day so that'll uh, so give or take a, a day that's usually when the nba season usually ends regular season so he'll be gone immediately right around tax day there's a lot of speculation that this is mitch Kupchak's last year as general manager with all the new ownership they're doing all these stadium renovations or coliseum renovations i should say to spectrum center you know they're adding 2500 seats to the lower bowl they're doing all kinds of stuff in the area and taking out walls to make sight lines even better so all that's great, but you better have something on the floor that makes people want to actually show up. And, you know, Fred Whitfield just left, who was a wizard and genius at selling season tickets. Like, they were in the top four, if I'm not mistaken, in season ticket renewals wow. and season tickets sold the year they had the worst record in NBA history. In NBA history, they were in the top four because the, he understood how to get season tickets and everything else. So... By getting rid of Gordon Hayward, you're getting rid of a guy who signed a massive deal with the Hornets, and, and in four years, in three and a half years, he's missed 42% of the games Oof. due to injury. Yep. So he's not even here half the time. And then the other one, you know, with P.J. Washington, look, he's a very solid player, but when you look at what the Hornets are getting in return, you know, just like when they traded Terry Rozier, yeah. they know they're going to have to, like, just start all over and start from scratch which, I mean, what else are you going to do when you're one of the four worst teams in the NBA? So they get a first-round draft pick out of uh, for P.J. or PJ Washington, which is amazing that they got that, as well as, as you mentioned, you know, you know, Grant and Seth Curry, and both of them are Charlotte natives. Yeah. I mean, not that that means anything. That's just a little caveat. I mean, people around here definitely know about Seth because of his older brother and sure. Seth played at Duke. But, I mean, 
So you're talking about you're getting another, even you know, if nothing else, you're getting a first round draft pick for uh, for PJ Washington, and this is what their team needs. And you know what? Go ahead. Like that's I, I like I said, you're one of the four worst teams with all these players. You might as well stockpile picks because you're going to be one of the four worst teams without them too. So might as well get might as well get something in return for all these players. Who's going to get better first, uh, the the Panthers or the Hornets? Oh my God, that's a great question. I will say the Panthers. Okay. I will say the Panthers. Um, I think in two years the Panthers could be in the playoffs. In two years the Hornets cannot be in the playoffs. Miles Bridges is sticking around at least for a minute. But uh, Well, I mean, he signed a one-year deal. Yeah. He's a free agent at the end of the year. It's going to be something. Um, I, I want to pivot over to what you have uh, tonight. This is, uh, this is a, 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 a good, important get from D8. What's going on out there, uh, Brett Jensen? So, yeah, so the political um, election and all the, the primary previews, you know, I started them last night with uh, Dale Falwell, the current North Carolina treasurer who's running for governor on the Republican side of the primary. And every time he shows up to events, he tends to win the straw polls. And then I also had Gaston County Commissioner Chad Brown on last night, who's running for secretary of state on the Republican side. Tonight, in studio for a full hour, I have Don Brown in studio with me tonight. Uh, tomorrow, I've got a long interview set up with Deanna Ballard. She's out of Lincoln County, and she's considered one of the two or three favorites for lieutenant governor on the Republican side. You know, And next week, I'm going to have um, more congressional candidates coming in for an hour in studio. Lee Brown, John Bradford, and um, Alan Balcom. So we're starting the run as we gear up towards... Uh, March 5th and, you know, early voting starts, uh, I believe, on February 17th, which is a Saturday. So, I mean, we're, we're heading into that season. And as you well are aware, Brad, I mean, all the political ads that you're seeing on TV and all the politics and all the news being sure. out there, like we are in full blown season right now. Yeah, this is um, th- this is going to be a, a hugely important time. I say it all the time. This area, uh, th- this part of the country, but specifically where we are, uh, all eyes are going to be on. Um, on, on us uh, because th- these are the races that really matter. And on top of that, you know, you've got questions about whether or not uh, Michael Watley's going to b- become the next chair for, for the RNC. There's a lot of stuff out there floating around all happening at the same time. And certainly it's palpable, the, uh, the enthusiasm for voters out there. Uh, you can, well, you, you can know, and it. to your point, and, and it's not hyperbole. When you say the eyes of the nation are going to be upon North Carolina this yes. election cycle, yes. that's not made up. Like, that's not being, you know, overblown. Let's, no, that's that's reality. I mean, you're talking about a very crucial governor's race. Oh, that is very governor. similar, very <laughs> similar to the to the to the presidential race yep. in terms of their candidates, as well as the attorney general's race. They're expecting this to be the most expensive attorney general race in the history of America between Dan Bishop and Jeff Jackson, two Mecklenburg County congressmen. Yeah, it's going to be. I mean, this is this is huge. It's a it's a huge. Uh, people are going to want to be paying close attention to this all the way all the way along. Uh, and again, it, it does. It comes down to that enthusiasm. Um, and you can see it. It's, it's palpable out there. All right. So tonight, starting at seven, you and uh, and, 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 and Mr. Brown to uh, to talk about the race. That's exactly right. We're going to be in studio. Um, and, and I will say this to the audience. If you have questions, call in. Um, I don't know if I'll put you on air, but we will have our producer, Isaac, mm-hmm. that will write the questions down and hand them to me. If you guys would like to ask some questions to Mr. Brown as well. Great idea. Great. idea. All right. Great stuff. Breaking Brett. We appreciate you coming by on the show today. Thank you very much. 
News Talk 1110, 99.3 WBT. Oh, it is that time where we cross the streams AM, PM, PM, and AM. And we have Beth Troutman here, brought to you with the great support of PhD Weight Loss and Nutrition. Good to have you back, my friend. How are you? Thank you. I'm doing great. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday to you as well. All right, so what what the heck is going on here? I I understand that we get these busy news cycles and stuff starts happening. We have got to stop the fire hose of water that we're trying to drink from here because we're getting swamped. There's like there's like 55 stories moving all at the same time, Beth Trout. I mean, you got the yeah, Supreme you know. Court. And I was thinking about this today. I feel like it's almost intentional um, because it's difficult for any person who has a full time job and a family and all of the things that are going on in people's normal lives to follow and keep up with the details of each one of these stories. And it almost feels intentional so that all of us can feel off balance and that none of us can really know the truths and details about any one story because it's impossible to keep up with them all if you're also keeping up, you know, with a life, um, which is, you know, great for us because we can try to break all of these stories down for folks. But it is a fire hose of information. I mean, if we're talking about a Supreme Court um, argument today that happened that could determine whether or not a former president is on a ballot. You have another uh, issue that's headed to the Supreme Court to deal with uh, presidential immunity. Mm-hmm. You have this um, issue coming in now that, that the current president will not face charges with the documents issue, but you also have the headline saying that he uh, doesn't have a great memory and that the uh, jury would see him as an elderly person who doesn't remember things. I mean, if you're thinking about these two things, just these stories alone, yes. and both of these men are the front runners to run yes. you know, for the president of the United States, that in and of itself is enough to cause whiplash and enough to cause what feels like um, chaos and confusion and, um, you know, stomach ulcers. Are we, are, 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 as Americans... Are we well served by all of this? I mean, what? No. Yeah, see, I mean, I I feel the same way. I feel the same. No, I think because this is a fantastic nation built on a constitution that is malleable and that is something that has changed over the years with the course of history and with, um, you know, moments in history that have been profound. Yes. And right now we are dealing with issues that seem. Uh, untenable that seem um, like they don't represent the best of what we are. And it is frustrating because we, for so long, have been a beacon of light on this planet for people. We have been the ideal. We've been the place that that um, represents the best parts of democracy and the best parts of thought and the best parts of free speech and the best parts of freedom. And right now we're, we're being inundated with conversations about um, what seems like our worst tendencies. And, uh, and that doesn't represent me. I know it doesn't represent you. And I know it doesn't represent the majority of Americans. And I think that is probably the most frustrating part of it all because we deserve better conversations. We deserve better, better uh, ideas surrounding leadership and surrounding what our great nation is and what it was founded on, and what we should and what we should expect moving forward, and what we should expect from the people who want to 
to take the job of leading us. You know, we hire them. We, if any of these stories were coming out about me when I was going through a job interview, you know, yeah. at Radio One, they'd probably say, "Huh, we might want to consider somebody else." <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Look, and that's and that's that's true. But what's interesting, what I think is really interesting is, if you go down ballot from this, and I know this is the most important thing, but we have two hundred and seventy days till we vote. But down ballot, there's a lot of action on the down ballot that's kind of interesting, too, though. Like, we, we have really good people that are running in this area, okay? And Absolutely, and, we and, do. And here's what I'm concerned about yeah, with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, please. My biggest concern is if we, you know, we've already had this conversation about Donald Trump being the presumptive nominee and, you know, the, 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 the fates are sealed with who these, the two candidates are going to be at the top of the ticket. What I'm concerned about is all of these really impressive people who are down ticket. If everybody believes that we already have that top race set, fewer people might head to the polls. Fewer people might be choosing who these down ballot races, who's going to represent us as Democrats or Republicans, you know, in the general election. And in some of these cases, you know, like, for example, in District 8, there are six candidates running. We had a great conversation with them last week. Yes. I had Lee Brown on Good Morning BT this week. We're having Don Brown next week. You know, if fewer people show up, whoever wins that race is more than likely going to be the congressperson from that district because it's a heavily Republican, it's a heavy Republican district. And if fewer people show up because they believe that the, the race is already decided, they're not doing a disservice for these representatives who are working hard to, mm-hmm. to represent their constituents in their areas. That's what I'm concerned about. Well, and, and look, I mean, we, you, you, we also have, you have action in the in the in the attorney general's race. You have action oh, yeah. uh, in the governor's race. You have action in, in, in Raleigh. You have action, you know, in, in a variety of places. And, you know, what I, I, I try to look for uh, positive signs. Okay. And so yeah. here's, you a posi- and I share that here's, goal. here's a positive sign. I see. Um, it could be worse. It could be the same two people taking each other on at every possible level. And there is a, there is a flourishing, I think of citizen, uh, activism that is good. Now you're going to disagree. I'm going to disagree. Someone's going to disagree with somebody else. But it's nice to have competent people. I mean, everybody that I see that's running is is competent here in North Carolina, and I imagine over in South Carolina, I'll see that as well. But you know, that's a good thing. That's a fundamentally good thing because if you have good people that decide they're going to run, even if you disagree with them. Um, it means that other people are going to want to get involved. It's not going to be a slaughterhouse. And so I think, you know, I think, I think, look, there's, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot to hate, but there's not a lot that you have to hate uh, if, if you're connected to the people that are out there running. These are real people with families and stories and all that sort of stuff. So I, well, and the great thing is with the local races, I mean, these are people you can run into at the grocery store and you sure. can actually have a conversation with. And to your point, and that's the way we should be thinking about elections, we should be thinking about these people as human beings who you know are not perfect, they're imperfect as we all are, yeah. and that we may not agree with them on every issue or on every level, but if we can sense that they have character yes. and a moral center and an ethical center and... You know, and Mm-hmm. A memory. We have all of the things that we need in, uh, you know, a candidate that somebody that can who can represent. And again, I'm going to go back to this: the best in all of us, because we deserve that 
as a nation. We deserve that as a population. We deserve that as taxpayers. We deserve it as people who, who value this country. Hubba hubba. That's right. So what do you got coming up on the big show tomorrow, my friend? Well, tomorrow I am flying solo. Whoa! Uh, so have, how about that? Yeah, <laughs> we're going to have a lot of conversations. Um, our uh, political analysts, who always join us on election night, Kenny Smith and Joel Ford, are going to join me in the seven o'clock hour to break down all of these stories that you and I were just talking about, including all of these local races um, in North Carolina. We also have Eugene Robinson coming in, uh, former Carolina Panther, to get us ready for the Super Bowl because it is Super Bowl weekend. And John Hancock joins us in the nine o'clock hour. So all kinds of guests, all kinds of fun conversations, everything you need to know to get you headed into your weekend. Yeah, I'm especially uh, looking forward to uh, joining you, and I'm especially also looking forward to um, uh, hearing John's uh, uh, thoughts on uh, uh, Jim Barrel. So that's going to be uh, it's going to be a really good uh, good way to close out the week, my friend. Oh, well, we can't wait to have you on at 7.50. You'll be in a conversation with me, Joel Ford, and Kenny Smith. Woo! How much fun will that be? Woo! I'm in. <laughs> All right. Enjoy the night, my friend. Appreciate you, Beth. Thanks so much. All right. Bye-bye. That's Beth Troutman. I'm Brett Winterbull. When I look out into your eyes out there, when I look out into your faces, you know what I see? I see a little bit of Elvis in each and every one of you out there. Let me tell you. Well, Oh, we lost him too soon. Mojo Nixon, passing away, 66 years old. Are you kidding me? Diehard NASCAR fan. Diehard NASCAR fan. It's a great song, too. I mean, Elvis is everywhere. Elvis needs boats. Elvis needs planes. He's in everybody. Elvis is in your jeans. He's in your cheeseburgers. Elvis is in Nutty Buddies. Elvis is in your mom. He's in everybody. He's in the young, the old, the fat, the skinny, the white, the black, the brown, and the blue. People got Elvis in them, too. There we go. Elvis is in everybody out there. He's in everybody, man. He's everybody. But you know what's good? Mojo's now able to hang out with Elvis because he did pass. But what a great, what a, what a great talented guy, man. I, I, uh. Very, very entertaining indeed. Jim is in uh, California. Jim, welcome to the show. Yes, Mojo Nixon, one of the founders of the Beat Farmers, hails from San Diego. Whoa, uh, circle of my, life. Yes, if that wasn't enough life for you, my brother is a harmonica player of some renown and actually played with his band at a talent show one night. <laughs> that is so great. That, that, I love that they played at the talent show. That is amazing. Wow. That's how how long ago it was. That's pretty awesome. They were emceeing the talent show. My brother was there, and they let him sit in. Look at this. Did you ever uh, think about jumping in with them or uh, jumping in a talent show, uh, J- uh, Jim? Uh, I've done a talent show. What was I've your done talent? one one time. What was your talent? Uh, what was your talent? Guitar and vocals. Oh, okay, good. That's it. Guitar and vocals. Yeah, I did it. Uh, I, did, I can't remember the song that I did, but it was a cover. It was a cover of um, uh, some somebody. Some. It's okay. I I, I was just curious yeah. to see if you'd ever competed professionally in that, in that regard, and that's that's good. Yeah, I, I played out. I had a band and stuff. I'm not intimidated by it. I have a. Um, I have a quite a repertoire. Like I say, I can't wait to get Terry on stage. Bank of America Stadium and go through all the songs that he 
his whole catalog. Well, well let's so hope wait, that that what happened to Terry. He's a, he's around. He's got stuff to do. You know, I mean, he, he's he's a busy he's a busy man. He better call in. I'm giving him a shout out. Okay. Well, that's so, Jim. What, what's what's on your mind today, Jim? First of all, before we at the end, uh, I'm requesting. Can I do the throw to Pam? I've got a great idea for it. Oh my gosh! Okay, all right. Pam's gonna be, uh, okay. be waiting for you. Let's go ahead. No, no, no. You can't okay. throw to Pam. You have to throw to Anna because you're at the bottom of the hour. So you called. You called too late. If you had called, if you had called earlier, you could have t- tossed to Pam. But uh, now you'd have to toss to Anna. Okay. All right. Does she want me to throw it to her? I. You know what? You know what? I, what? What do you say? Why don't we save it for like the next time you call, and we'll make sure we put you on at the quarter hour, and you can toss to Pam. How about that? There you go. Okay. All right. So anyway, we have to talk about these Marines, these great heroes. Yes. Gosh. That were just doing what they do best. That's right. People think war fighters. Oh, you're a warrior. Oh, you're a fighter. Oh, you. No. What you do best. If you're an American warrior, is you train hard, you train well. That's how you defeat the enemy. Mm-hmm. We talk constantly. We talk about people who, as soon as they they uh, were confronted with the tip of the spear, the gate came down in the Higgins boat, and they were raked by MG42s. They jumped out of a C-47 over Belgium, and 85% casualties by they hit the ground. But these are among the greatest. They they made the the sacrifice even before they met the enemy when they were only training to confront them. And I guarantee you, judging by the trajectory of where they were at, right. they're out the Nellis Gunnery Range. They were coming back to Pendleton. It looks to me like there was five of them that were on board only. It wasn't even a whole company. That they were a special force, probably a recon unit. And uh, they couldn't get the Osprey, so they sent the Sea Stallion. Now, 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 that's important. That's important because the the, the, the Ospreys are sidelined right now because of the crash off of Japan. And so as a result, these Marines were on board a CH-53E Super Stallion. Um, And they they went down. And this is terrible to, to see that this would happen. Right. And their training had to go forward because they were training for something that was going to happen in theater that had to do with desert climates and environment. That's why it was an wow. important mission, wow. and it could not be stopped. So you're taking the substitute, the CH-53, and when they hit the mountains, because of the weather conditions, apparently they hit a wind, wind shear or something, and um, uh, that, that, that's where the, the problems came, came into effect. So uh, let's do everything we can to... Pray for the families. Yes. Honor their sacrifice. Absolutely. And, but the Marines will tell you one thing you do when these things happen. You get on your feet and you move forward. Jim, great, uh, great, great advice and great insight in this regard. And certainly we should, uh, we should absolutely all of us uh, keep in, in, in our, in our prayers, uh, the, the families left behind and those who are, are, are now, no longer with us, but are we know we're in a, a much better place. Jim, a great call. Uh, I really appreciate you uh, checking in today. December five. Absolutely, that's Jim. I mean, that's that's huge, man. I mean, that's happened uh, happened out on the West Coast. It's a real shame.
News Talk 1110-993-WBT. It is the Brett Woodable Show. I want to grab this call with uh, Mark. Next up, Mark, welcome to the program. What's on your mind, sir? Oh, good afternoon, Brett. And, um, you know, always travel mercies to, to, to our uh, men and women in uniform. Amen. On the sea and on the air or mobile with accomplishing their missions. For sure. So, Absolutely. I wanted to... Um, uh, every election cycle... Um, I heard. I always hear a. Usually hear. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the ending comments from Beth Trotman in, in the last half hour that um, that if we're looking at a top federal office, there's a presumptive nominee or a mm-hmm. presumptive license for a United States senator in some off-year elections. Uh, that's by the part by the individual state parties of our major parties, but I think anyway, we might have um, because of down ballot and because of social media and the the better angels inside of us, we may have a voter turnout that may eclipse 2020 or be equal to for an expected value a percentage of people in the nation mm-hmm. uh, because uh, for um, down ballot things, uh, people finding out, people uh, cultivating their conversational skills, and I, I've seen this change on social media. But then you do get the emotive. Uh, you have to filter out the emotive um, uh, as any, as you would on the um, as you, as you would with those with progressive sure. tendencies. Sure. I um, look. Voting has never been easier than now because you've got. Uh, much longer, a uh, longer tail of voting. You've got a variety of ways that people can vote. Uh, so I would imagine that there would be a, a, a hefty turnout. But I, I wouldn't confuse the down ballot stuff with the presidential. Like the presidential is going to bring out people. There will be a constituency of people who come out and vote, and really, basically, only go out and vote for the for the for the top of the ballot, right? For for Biden, Trump, if that's if that's what. Everything ends that's, up being that's that, that's true, and yeah. they may answer, and they may just they hit may that and then bail, yes. right? And they may hit that, but but it's important to look where where, where and and I I don't mean to like demean the the franchise, but it's easy to go and vote for the president and then go home. Um, true, it's it's much more important, I think, to vote down ballot plus the presidency, but more specifically, to to really fill everything out because these are people who are going to have a direct impact on your life in a way that the presidents do not have an impact on your life. And so right. I know that. Yeah. I, and I used yeah, to be, and I used to be biased like, Oh yeah, the national is what matters. Well, no, I mean, once you become a property owner or once you've got kids and you got schools and you got all these complications, then what you do is you have to say, okay, I got to really take this other stuff much, much more seriously. So um, I, I hope it, I hope a lot of people come out and vote. I mean, it's, 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 it's important to do that. We've had a lot of races where we didn't have a whole ton of people coming out. And my only caveat is I want to see people turn out that are eligible to vote. And that's it. <laughs> I mean, that's true. That's true. really it. I, I hear you there. And uh, there was um, um, uh, there was one more. There was uh, one more, uh, you know, thought. And I, I uh, wanted to say that that uh, look, uh, you know, my look at social media platforms is 
his bias as anyone else's, sure. and uh, and um, you know, tweak the tweak the algorithms and get some really funny results. So yeah, for sure, you can you can manipulate, and you know that's still within our control. Right, uh, definitely. So. Listen, a, a great call. I appreciate you being out there. Thank you so much, Mark. It's a pleasure. Goodbye. You got it. That's uh, that's Mark checking in. Okay, so I've been watching this story. I talked about this last night, um, and I've been watching this story. I will get back to the whole thing with the with the Biden and the the president uh, and the ballots and all that sort of stuff. But I wanted to just give a break uh, for that. I do have opinions that you will hear from me coming up at the top of this next hour. But but here's the thing that I think is so interesting. You have been watching these stories about these squatters that are taking over territory in um, the, the, the big headlines this week has been uh, Atlanta. Atlanta, where people are just taking over houses. We, we did the story yesterday about the, this group of people went in and they took over a big fancy house and they turned the house into a strip club. And they then turned the streets out front into a drag strip in a residential neighborhood. And nobody can stop the squatters. Nobody can stop the squatters. It's really unbelievable. The cops will tell you, oh, it's not our issue. It's a, it's a commercial matter. It's not us. It's, it's none of that sort of stuff. It's, it's everything else. Um, here's the deal. You can stop squatters. I think, I think squatters are incredibly dangerous. And if I'm talking to squatters out there, and, and you're a law-abiding squatter who's occupying somebody's property, well, then I'll just give you the grace for that, okay? But I'm talking about squatters that really want to make people's lives miserable. So I went and I did a little bit of looking. Do you know, like, in North Carolina and South Carolina, you basically have to go and grab the property and sit on it for, like, 20 years before it's ever going to be able to be transferred to you? Like, a, that's a 20-year wait. Most places don't do that. Like, I think in Atlanta... I think in Atlanta, it's like it's like 90 days or 120 days, maybe two years. But if you want to steal someone's house in South Carolina or North Carolina, you got to be committed for 20 years. And you know what that means? That means for 20 years, the person who owns it can lay siege to you for 20 years. Like, think about that. Oh, I just went and grabbed this place. It's fine. Everything's good. You know what? Hold it for 20 years because you know what might happen? You might be totally copacetic for 19 years and 30 days. And then, and then, and then, like a special operation. Here comes a helicopter. They're coming down. They're shimmying down. They're coming down. They're going to figure out what's going on here. And they get on the roof. And what do you hear? You hear the sounds of liberation. The sawzall, the sawzall going down into that roof. And you got the reinforcements coming in and it's 1155 at night on the almost 20th anniversary. And the property owner has liberated it from you. Just go buy your own stuff. News Talk 1110-993-WBT, Brett Witterbull Show. Coming up in the next hour, I'm going to visit with uh, Robert Brawley, who is the uh, 
Republican candidate for North Carolina Commissioner of Insurance. Uh, this is that is a very important job, and it's one that everybody should be paying close attention to. So stick around for that. He'll be joining us uh, coming up in the next uh, beginning of the next hour. So Tucker Carlson went and did an interview with Vladimir Putin, and people have lost their minds. People have lost their minds with the conversation with Vladimir Putin. And so the thing that I think is interesting is how upset all these folks are that Tucker Carlson went to go sit down and interview with with Vladimir Putin. But at the same time, we're starting to hear from the European Union and the, the, the people who clutch their pearls and they're yelling and they're screaming and they're carrying on. And it's the whole deal. So they want to sanction Tucker Carlson for having a conversation with Vladimir Putin. He didn't endorse Vladimir Putin. As far as I know, I haven't seen the I haven't seen the interview yet. It's supposed to drop at, at some point very soon. Maybe maybe it'll be tonight. Maybe it'll be tonight. Maybe it'll be today. Maybe it'll be tomorrow. But at any rate, you can't have a conversation. So what if Tucker Carlson had a phone conversation with Vladimir Putin? Didn't travel to go talk to him. Are you not allowed to talk to people who are not approved? Is that is that the I guess that's the new rule, right? The new rule is you are not allowed to talk to people for whom uh, conversation is not approved. So I want to give you a very interesting look. Matt Taibbi. This is going to be uh, cut number 35. Cut number 35. Matt Taibbi talking about the roots of the crisis in our country as it relates to the deep state. And he makes a compelling argument. We we did see after 9-11 that there was a concerted effort to knock down a lot of liberal traditions and rule of law traditions with respect to America's behavior overseas. Um, even domestically, you know, Bush did things like there, there was there were incidents, at least one involving an arrest without a warrant, which is something we hadn't seen since the Lincoln years, uh, but we also saw the elimination of habeas corpus, uh, you know, drone assassination. All these things were revived after 9-11, but it was all overseas. When Trump came along is when we started to see uh, a change in thinking domestically. And this is why, you know, for me, all of this is so shocking. You know, I grew up sort of a politi- classic ACLU political liberal, and all of a sudden, all the people who I used to think of as my friends and colleagues they're, for instance, against free speech. They they think we must have censorship, or else the you know we're headed towards peril. In order to save democracy, we have to kind of curtail the First Amendment. And then you start talking about other amendments they want to they want to cut back on the Fifth Amendment, the Fourteenth Amendment. I mean, it, it's it's right on down the line. And I think this is something that goes back to 2016. Before that, we just didn't see this. You know, there's never been a cost bear uh, born as a result of what happened in 2016 and all of the crises that we have suffered under are the direct result of the Obama-Biden administration weaponizing Hillary Clinton's dossier so that this guy would be denied becoming the president. I mean, it's, 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 it's a remarkable thing all the way around. Let's listen to Hillary Clinton. She hates Tucker Carlson. She says that Tucker Carlson and his ilk have, a, have an a, affection for... Uh, people that want to murder people. I'm it's not- more than just the political partisan advantage. There is a yearning for leaders who can kill and imprison their opponents, destroy the press, 
lead a life that is one of impunity, unbound by any laws. There's a yearning among certain people in our country for that kind of leadership. And I find that absolutely gobsmacking, terrifying. Uh, really? Really? I mean, it's possible. All right, I'm going to do a palate cleanse. I'm going to do a palate cleanse right here. Uh, I want cut number 26. So Toby Keith passed away a couple days ago. Did you know that Toby Keith signed Taylor Swift to her first contract? And she has not acknowledged his passing in social media or anything else. Cut number uh, 26. She's got She came to Nashville last year writing her own songs, singing them, and hoping someone would like them. Toby Keith did. So much so that he just signed her to his new record label. That makes them partners. You're in the room with him and you can feel it. There's a power there and you're just like, oh my God. So I don't think I'll ever get to a point where I won't see him and be like, oh my God, that's Toby Keith. I mean, she, she, he signed her. She hasn't acknowledged his passing. Okay, maybe she's going to do it in private. Maybe, maybe not. You would think that she would put a statement out or something. I've not seen it. And then finally, there's this. Finally, there's this. This is going to be cut number 29. This is a pretty funny story. This is uh, Patrick Mahomes and his funny-sounding voice. Go. It's insane. We have to do something. No, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. That's the wrong one. Ready? It's cut number... 34, 34, go. I was talking, and you know, you're like looking around the huddle, and I looked over, and Kels was laughing. And so <laughs> I, did, I, had to stop, I had to stop calling the play. And I was like, bro, just, I went to him, I was like, hey, just let me call the play. Yeah, like, yeah. Dude, I'm the franchise. He said his, his voice sounded like a frog, and he was laughing at him while he was trying to call the play. And, and there he was saying, hey, wait, wait, hold on, I got to call the play. It's just crazy. All right, I'll cap it off with this. Cut number 29. People in New York have had it with the migrants. No. It's insane. We have to do something. It's really ridiculous. There has to be a limit. I can't just walk into a country and just move in and sleep on the sidewalk. I'll get kicked out. Laws are very lenient here. The country is in real trouble. That's ridiculous. They need to be stopped. I don't think that's wrong because, you know, they're not doing their part and stuff. I think it's awful. In disgust. It's like a spit in the face. They're basically on our system. Now you got to go. Got to kick you out the house. Yes. Well, they caught four of them, correct? But they can't let them go, but they have to go to trial. The people of, uh, yeah, the people of, uh, of, of New York City have had it. They've had it. They can't take it anymore. It's just too much. Oh. Oh, one of my all-time faves, ladies and gentlemen. That's going to do it for this hour. We got another great hour straight ahead. Stick around. How do you feel? I feel like a slice of butter melting on top of a big old pile of flapjacks. The following takes place between 6 p.m. and 7 p.m. News Talk 1110, 99.3 WBT. It is the Brent Show, 704-570-1110. And I'm happy to welcome to the program one of the uh, candidates who is out there Working hard, and I imagine trying to save people money and help them out and uh, make sure they're getting good service. It is Robert Brawley, who is uh, a candidate for the North Carolina 
Commissioner of Insurance, and it's great to have you on the program. Uh, uh, Robert, it's great to have you here. Yeah, glad, glad to be here. I appreciate the introduction. I've been an insurance agent ever since graduating from NC State, and I have, with that length of time in the insurance business, I've never had a complaint for not taking care of my customers. Oh, that's great. The consumer See, that's, needs to be considered. That's exactly right. Boy, boy, are you right. So let me ask you in a broad uh, a broad sense, and you could take these, these questions in any direction you want. Um, much has been made about... Uh, in, in insurance regulation and things like that, especially here in 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 in, in Carolina. Um, what what is the priority for you in that position? Uh, obviously, speaking to the customer that's out there in the world, but but what is uh, what is your top priority, sir? Well, for one thing, is to, to recognize as the law of North Carolina gives the insurance commissioner basically total authority over the insurance businesses in this state. And I don't think our current commissioner is accepting it, such as this last issue about rate increases. Mm -hmm. He's saying that it's, uh, well, I'm saying the problem comes about from 2018. I'll go back to 1977 when the rate bureau was set up to set maximum rates. At that time, there was also a provision that in order to charge more than maximum rates, insurance companies had to write a letter to the commissioner and get permission and write a letter to the consumer who had to sign it that they agreed they were an added risk and would pay more than the rate bureau rates. In 2018, the current commissioner and the Department of Insurance went to the legislature and asked for legislation to allow companies use consent to rate by simply sending you a bill, and if you pay it, then you've consented to rate, and the insurance company can charge you two and a half times whatever rate the commissioner sets. Wow. All of this talk he's doing now about holding down rates is just baloney because he's already got a law passed. The companies don't have to, if they send you a bill and you pay it, they can charge you two and a half times whatever he says anyway. Wow. Based on his own authorization. And one of my one of my first objectives is going to be get control back into the Department of Insurance over the rates. You know, you, as a as a Republican, a free enterprise person, mm-hmm. oh, let's have it open competition. Well, open competition works great if you want to shop. That's right. And if the public wants to shop insurance, I I, I, I put five kids through college selling insurance. Mm-hmm. I love a customer keep coming back to me every year. But I've told my own customers at times, because of the marketplace, at times you need to shop. Go check with some other agents. It won't hurt my feelings if you find a better deal. Sure. But but most people love their agents. I'll give you some examples. I have this right here in front of me, and these are examples I received from an insurance agent. The company that they were with, they've been with them 17 years, mm-hmm. clean driving record, preferred rates. Their bill was $2,092. The agent, looking out for the customer, got them the same coverage for $1,374. Wow. Uh, two drivers over 55 years of age, 24 years of clean driving record with preferred rates. Their bill was $1,306. The agent looking out for them found them insurance for $886. Wow, that's huge. It, it, 
it's it's worth looking into. Uh, And under the rate bureau system, when you had the consent to rate, I I can. That's when most of my career was in the insurance business. I didn't. You really didn't have to encourage shopping as much because the variation in rates under that system, the variation in rates was generally less than ten percent. Gotcha. However, the difference in twenty one hundred dollars and thirteen hundred dollars is eight hundred dollars. That's forty percent. That sure is. That sure. That sure is. Uh, that that is. Um, in our last couple of moments here, uh, and we're visiting. Uh, with Robert Brawley, who's a candidate, Republican candidate for North Carolina uh, Commissioner of Insurance, um, can you can you uh, can you suss out uh, the, the challenges out there? Especially, you've got a lot of people who are running around here in, in North Carolina, and 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 there's a percentage of them that don't carry insurance. How do we address that challenge? Don't carry insurance on automobile. Yes, sir. They can't get a driver's license without it. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. That's interesting. Plus, you've got plus most people uh, do carry uninsured motorist coverage, mm-hmm. but uh, other than well, that's something else. The current department is not enforcing the laws. The other thing is checking on people and working with the Department of Motor Vehicles and tracking those people down that ha- that do have a driver's license or have found some way to bypass the system yep. and making making sure. Uh, you know, the insurance department and the Department of Motor Vehicles have to work together to take, to face that challenge. That's a that's a that's a great answer. Where do people get more information about you? Well, you got a website where where people can check out uh, more about you. Robertbrawley.net. Robertbrawley.net. I appreciate yep. you uh, uh, stepping up and 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 wanting to take on this uh, this task. And I'm looking forward to uh, catching up with you again down the road, sir. Thank you so much. Yeah, I- I keep the lines of communication open, and I appreciate all you do. Thanks so much. That's uh, Robert Brawley uh, looking out for uh, for the consumers out there is what he's trying to do and save money. Uh, look, I'm all about saving money. Whew. I, I got I got two younger uh, uh, drivers in, in my family. So, yeah, so me and my wife are uh, always looking out for, like, okay, what's the best deal? News Talk 1110-993 WBT, Brett Witterbull Show. Okay. Earlier today, we had two massive events take place. Number one, it was the artic- the uh, the arguments in front of the Supreme Court that took place with Donald Trump's uh, team uh, making the case that he should not be knocked off the ballot in Colorado and by extension, you know, Maine and other states as well. It was a very compelling argument. And I have to tell you something, if you didn't see it, if you didn't hear it, one of the things that I thought was particularly intriguing was the response by Elena Kagan, a a very liberal justice, uh, and then you had Ketanji uh, uh, Brown-Jackson, who was also, also uh, very skeptical of what the state of Colorado was trying to pull off. In fact, she punched a lot of holes in the case, and I, I, I... I have a feeling this thing's going to go uh, in favor of, of of President Trump by a lot of numbers, by by a big number, because uh, the, the, these people were very skeptical of throwing him off a ballot, given the uh, fact that the race is, uh, is straight ahead. Number two, we got the report. We got the report 
from uh, Mr. Her in the Justice Department who is investigating Joe Biden. And Joe Biden um, has got a lot of major problems, major problems. He's not going to be prosecuted for stolen documents, but it sounds to me like he is in very bad shape when it comes to the memory. And I want to jump out and I want to grab Elizabeth in this call. Elizabeth, welcome to the program. Hey there. Hi. So I read the pertinent parts of the report, mm-hmm. and I, I, sadly, I wasn't shocked. Mm-hmm. Um, he can't remember when he stopped being vice president. Yes. He can't. He couldn't remember um, when, tragically, within a few years, um, when his son passed away. Yes. He couldn't remember. That's the reason they said that they're not pursuing any uh, charges against him because he's not fit to stand trial, but he's fit to lead the United States of America. This is ridiculous. Um, the Babylon Bee came out with a headline right afterward that said Biden calls for president to step down. Oh my gosh, that's a that's that's a that's a cutting headline. Uh, but and it's that's right on brand for the Babylon Bee. Let me ask you a question. Is this the off-ramp for him where they do the switcheroo and bring somebody in who, uh, you know, a, a Gavin Newsom, a Michelle Obama, a Hillary Clinton, uh, a Buttigieg, uh, uh, you know, wh- whoever it would be? What, what do you think is going to happen next? I think they're going to keep him right where he is. Mm-hmm. And because if, okay, if he's removed, if Article 25 is in, invoked and yeah. he's removed, we get um, Kamala Harris. Yes. And then she's running against Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's just as bad of a matchup, in my opinion. Yeah. Michelle Obama famously hates politics. Yes. She couldn't wait to get out of the White House. She, could, she, she can't stand it. So I don't think that's going to go. So, um going to try to do a switcheroo. I think they're evaluating all of their options right now, and um, I think they just about figured out they're not going to win in November, yeah. and they're just going to ride this out because each party knows that periodically that happens. Yeah, oh, that's, that's without a doubt. I think that they were shocked when he won last time. Mm-hmm. I think that when they chose Biden, they knew that there was no way he could beat Trump, and then COVID happened, and Biden was still their guy. And they were giving him that opportunity to ride him off into the sunset. Yeah. But then there was a chance for him to win. He won. And so now we've got weekend at Bernie's with them propping him up everywhere. Well, listen, I, one of the things that's, uh, that, that, that's very interesting about this whole process and how this is going to go is, is the fact that I'm wondering if the White House hasn't been in possession of this report uh, for the for the last few days, and that that's why he gave that they didn't do the uh, interview uh, at the at the Super Bowl. That's that's what I'm wondering about because th- th- that would be the only question that he would be asked is are you, you're cognitively unsound. Um, they they wouldn't even ask well, him about the dog. Had it. Yeah, they have had it because his lawyers um, they're um, attached to that document are his lawyers' uh, yeah. responses. Yeah, great stuff. I appreciate you being out there, Elizabeth. Thanks for calling on the program today. Thank you. You're very welcome. Happy to be with you. Uh, Lynn, welcome to the program, Lynn. Hi, Brett. Hello. I have a little bit different take on Joe Biden. Okay. Because today, live, at 1 p.m. out here in California, Mm -hmm. but at 4 p.m. in Leesburg, Virginia, Mm -hmm. there was a big meeting of all the Democrat caucuses. 
and Joe Biden appeared. And he was not anything like was described by the DOJ person mm -hmm. who interviewed him as a kindly older man who has a very bad memory. Mm -hmm. He strode up without anybody accompanying him to the dais. Mm -hmm. He stood up there. There was no stumbling to the dais. Mm -hmm. There was no fumbling with papers. He spoke extemporaneously. There was no bumbling of people's names. He called out Nancy in the audience, and he said, I love you. I love you, Nancy. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, called out several people in the audience, didn't mix up their names. And then, uh, as well, there was no mumbling. Mm -hmm. He had a strong voice. Wow, this is and interesting. the first words out of his mouth were, I want to tell you about the decision of the Department of Justice and that I did not willfully withhold any documentation. And he was bragging about himself, as he normally does. And he was, um, you know, saying that he was completely cleared, even though he had withheld documentation when he was a senator, and when he was a vice president, which is against the Constitution, he had no right to be in possession That's of classified right. That's information. But he then turned to bashing President Trump sure. and saying, unlike Donald Trump, who willfully withheld documentation and kept it in boxes mm -hmm. in Mar-a-Lago. Yeah, oh and, gosh. You know, which Mar-a-Lago, if anyone has ever been down to Palm Beach. I saw it before it became Mar-a-Lago. It was a huge residence owned by Marjorie Merriweather Post of the Post Serials. Right. And Dina Merrill was her daughter. After Marjorie Merriweather Post um, died, Dina Merrill was in charge of it. Right. And it ran from Ocean Boulevard, mm -hmm. which is right looking at the water, all the way to the lake. Yeah. And thus the name Mar-a-Lago, and yeah, it yeah. was in the Moorish tradition. Mm -hmm. It was a huge property. Yeah, it's, and, 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 and we and we and we've seen, we've definitely seen that, especially the uh, the images of it. Uh, I I appreciate you calling in, Lynn. Thank you so much, and uh, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you. You got it. That's Lynn checking in. We got room for your phone calls as well. We'll take calls throughout the rest of this uh, this hour. Hit, hit hit you with a couple more stories, but uh, our good friend Curtis Sliwa was on last night with Hannity, and uh, while they were having a conversation, uh, the Guardian Angels took down one of these Venezuelan uh, 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 robbers who was uh, trying to steal stuff from people, and about six of these guys in their red berets and jackets just pounced and uh, took them into custody and handed them over to the NYPD. You know what? All that needs to be done is to be committed to, to the law. News Talk 1110 99.3 WBT. It is the Brett Winterbull Show. Good to be with you. So I'm debating whether or not I want to play any sound from the Supreme Court hearing today. I'm debating about whether I want to. Do, um, is it beneficial to you guys? I think there's a couple of things that are beneficial. There's a couple of things that are beneficial for you. Um, Katenji uh, uh, Jackson Brown, uh, Brown Jackson, is um, she 
look, people were giving her a hard time. Oh, she doesn't know if what a woman is and all that kind of stuff. It's really like low hanging arguments that they were putting out there. But but this is going to be cut number thirty seven. Um, she schooled the 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 the, the guy Sullivan from uh, from Colorado trying to make the case that. Donald Trump's an insurrectionist and that he committed insurrection and he can't be on the ballot and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And the Supreme Court justice is an expert in the 14th Amendment. Like that's her bailiwick. And it went like this. Thirty seven. My view of the history, I'm wondering really whether presidential elections were such a circumstance that the framers um, actually envisioned states enforcing Section 3 with respect to presidential elections as opposed to senatorial elections, representatives, the sort of more local concerns. So can you speak to the argument that really Section 3 was about preventing the South from rising again in the context of these sort of local elections as opposed to focusing on the presidency? Two points on that, Justice Jackson. First is that, as I discussed earlier, there isn't the same history of states regulating ballot access at this time. So ballot access rules to ex- restrict presidential candidates wouldn't have wouldn't have existed. They wouldn't have been raised one way or another. Right, but I'm not but, making a distinction between but, ballot access and no, anything else. Understood. Yeah. But the more yeah. the more broad point I want to make is that what is very clear from the history. Is, is that the framers were concerned about charismatic rebels who might rise through the ranks up to and including the presidency of the United States. But then why didn't they put the word president in the very enumerated list in Section 3? The thing that really is troubling to me is I totally understand your argument, but they were listing people that were barred, and president is not there. And so I guess that just makes me worry that maybe they weren't focusing on the president and, for example, the fact that electors of vice president and president are there suggests that really what they thought was if we're worried about the charismatic person, we're going to bar insurrectionist electors and therefore that person is never going to rise. This came up in the debates in Congress over Section 3, where uh, Reverdy Johnson said, why haven't you included pre- president and vice president in the language? And Senator Morrill responds, we have. Look at the language, any office under the United States. Yes, but doesn't that at least suggest ambiguity? And this sort of ties into Justice Kavanaugh's point. In other words, we had a, a person right there at the time saying what I'm saying. The, the language here doesn't seem to include president. Why is that? And so if there's an ambiguity, why would we construe it to, as Justice Kavanaugh pointed out, uh, against democracy? Well, Reverdy Johnson. So think about this. This is hugely important. If the states rebelled against the federal government, which you could argue that's what the Civil War was, right? If the states rebelled, and the remedy is for the federal government to ensure that the 13th Amendment and the 14th Amendment would be abided by. And you have a, a guy who was a governor, a guy who was a senator, a guy who was a congressperson, uh, a guy who was uh, whatever. And, and they were Confederates and they were regarded as insurrectionists and they couldn't be a, a part of that anymore. And they weren't going to be part of the franchise. 
then how did you how do you fix how did you fix that? Well, if you named the congressman, if you named the governor, if you named the senator, if you named all these different things, why didn't you name the vice president? Why didn't you name the president? It's because what they they didn't envision a time in which a Confederate would become the president of the United States. Uh, what's the purpose? And so what she's saying is, look, you walked all the way up, but that doesn't say president. And you know what she's you know what she's being? She's being somebody who's going by the text. There's no presidential mention in this. And, and she, you know, you, you got to think about from her perspective, the arguments that she's laying out, the deference is towards the accused who doesn't have proof that there's an insurrection because they never charged Trump with an insurrection. They don't. He's never been charged with an insurrection. Like the very first thing they could have brought was an insurrection charge. They could they could have done that. My God, I mean, he was down in Mar-a-Lago. They could have done it to him on, in March, in March of 2021. They could have been like, OK, we're bringing an insurrection case. You know, Joe Biden had that power. He's the president. He could have told Merrick Garland, charge him with insurrection. In, I mean, they could have said, we're going to charge you with treason. They didn't charge him with treason. They didn't charge him with insurrection. What what to me it feels like is this is a really cheap way to try to keep him off the ballot without the compelling bona fides you got to have the bona fides because otherwise it's like well then what's the point and she's clearly i think she's offended by this argument this guy knows he is selling you just i mean just some some cold three-day-old pudding that's been sitting sitting on the counter with the skin growing on it and he's all like hey this is delicious have some dessert this is not dessert this is garbage this is hot garbage I, i don't want this See, the way I know, and you're going to not believe me, but I'm just going to be honest with you. The way I know that this went bad was all I had to do was turn two channels down from what I was watching and look at the reaction on MSNBC. And it looked like somebody kidnapped their dog. They were so upset they were trying to come up with all these cockamamie schemes. And these are all the people, like, you know, the, 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 the worst of the worst of the worst. The people who worked with, with, with Schiff and all these people. And they looked like so deflated how bad the arguments were. You have to understand, to throw a presidential candidate off the ballot in a state, you'd have to have something like concrete. What, what does that say? says they know this is a stinker and don't you find it strange i mean like just fanny willis has got this drama around her you've got judge chutkin and 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 jack smith and they're they're slow walking this and now you've got this case and it looks like it's going really bad and i mean isn't isn't there something to be said about like these jurists understand the historic nature of these charges and with the exception of of, of 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 Fannie Willis because she's she's got her own peccadilloes going on but at the same time it's a state charge it's a state charge so you could just get you could just get nine or or 12 or 11 adults to say Donald Trump needs to go to jail and he they could try to put him in jail on the state level but but these more sophisticated jurists were like Really? You're bringing us this? This is what you have prepared for us? 
Get on that rock and roll train. News Talk 1110-993 WBT, Brett Witterbull Show. Breaking Brett Jensen's going to have uh, Don Brown coming in here as a uh, candidate for the uh, District 8 a congressional seat. That'll be coming up here after the top of the hour. In the first, but in the meantime, let's talk to Stan. Stan, hello. Welcome to the program. Hi, Brett. How are you doing today? I'm well, thanks. All right. There was a caller that you talked with almost a week or so ago. Matter of fact, it was the first time you said you would ever let someone double dip. Do you remember the call? Oh, yeah, I remember the double dipping. Yes, sir. Okay, there was a question in there that you asked him, and he didn't even respond with an answer. And that was, how did the government, before the income tax, get revenue? Yes. Like in 1916. Mm-hmm. That was what said, because he didn't even think about it. So, and you and I, we talked about the fair tax, the flat tax, and replacing the income tax. Yes. But there's a fallacy that most people have that we have to undo. Otherwise, you will never get a groundswell of support for, of the public for doing it. So I will tell people all the time that we just need to get rid of the income tax. And they'll look at me and they'll go and replace it with what? I tell them nothing. Just get rid of it and the government will get more revenue than they're getting now. And people look at me like they're seeing an alien. So... Here's what here's what happens. Let's say I'm going to create a business. Right. And I'm going to look at what I'll have to invest in it, my hard work and everything, and I realize that my profit's going to be 35%. Okay. Then I go and look, but I'm going to have to pay 20% of that in income taxes. Right. Well, that business never gets started. So out of all the businesses out there that would be started, they're penalized, and those businesses never start. And that is excise tax and sales tax revenue that the government never realizes. If you got rid of the income tax altogether, businesses would explode. You would drive up the GDP, and the amount of sales tax and excise tax revenue the government would raise would be more than the current revenue they're getting now. You are right right about that, but it would all be going to the—I mean, it wouldn't be going to the feds. It'd be going to the local and state coffers, wouldn't it? Right, and, and it would put the balance between who's supposed to govern our lives back correctly between the federal government and the states. But so you're going to, but you're, but, but you're going to have unfunded liabilities. You have to fund the military. You have to fund foreign, uh, foreign affairs. You have to fund. I mean, there's a lot of garbage you're supposed to go and fund because they tell us that we have to do that. Well, but but, but then you but then you could adjust at the federal level. You could adjust the excise taxes and and and, and sales taxes to mm-hmm. to rectify that. Right. It could be a whole lot less because you'd have a lot more. That's a good a point. More that, money that, that, circulating that, around. Yeah, that is a good point. I, look, I said a couple of days ago, we 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 give up. We give up like between uh, three and five trillion dollars uh, in the underground economy. And if you went to that fair tax model, yeah, I, I heard you. I heard that. Yeah, you would you would you would, you would about this today, yes. you'd be able to save Social Security if that's what you wanted to keep as a as a program. I mean, yes, it would it would save a lot of things that are going to go away. In fact, they're always saying now that in 2033, people are just expect to buy out 50 percent. Exactly of right. Security. Stan, great to talk to you. You're a great patriot, man. Thanks so much. Thank you, Brett. Take care. I'm you here. got it. Yeah, absolutely. Marianne, you'll get the last word here. Marianne, what's on your mind? Hey, Brett, I am so glad that I was on hold and had time to pull myself together. Oh, boy. The the comment that you made on the three-day-old pudding with the skin on it and somebody stole his dog, that was hilarious. Oh, thank you. I I try to find something that would just be awful for everybody. (laughs) 
Well, it, it struck me, and I said, thank God I'm on hold. But the reason I called was that you played the exact clip that I was calling you to talk about. Oh, yes. Was when she was talking up to Sullivan, mm-hmm. and she was serving him up that old pudding with the skin on it. Uh-huh. I got. I said a little prayer today when I heard that, Brett, because I thought even though this lady is far left, yes, she's a liberal. Yep. At least she has a brain in her head that she can say this. This is against the Constitution as right. we know it. Right. You and know, regardless, and forget Donald Trump. Forget sure, him. Sure. Sure. That, what What if we had a Democrat that was being treated the same way? Right. I wouldn't want to see it happen to them either. That's tr- that's true. And and look, if you think about Kagan. <laughs> And you think about uh, Jackson, uh, Jackson Brown, if you think about that, right, their default position, their default position is to cut people loose from from being incarcerated or being treated because, I mean, these are these are progressive leftists. These are like defund the police kind of world orientation. You know what I'm saying? And so they they don't want to see if if you throw Donald Trump in jail, you have just set the standard to throw Joe Biden in jail and um, whoever comes next in jail. Nikki Haley could get thrown in jail. Anybody could get thrown in jail and or thrown off the ballot. And so that's that's it. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, go ahead. No, I, I interrupted you. I, I was just going to simply say that in in her, there was another clip today that I heard her. She all but said, this sets a dangerous precedent yep. for anybody else down the road. But 50 years from now, 10 years, she all but said yep. that this is going to set a dangerous precedent. That's but right. she used some middle-of-the-road verbiage to do that. Yes, she did. And you know what's really funny about all this? All those Confederates got pardons at the end of the day, which means there's no more standing for this to throw people off the ballot. The, the Confederates are what this was about, and it's about that it was, it was confirmed today. Great well, stuff. That's, absolute, that's absolutely correct. Yeah. And now on another note, I want to say one more thing. Yes, ma'am. I think that with Joe Biden's his memory loss, there is a silver lining. What's that? He will be able to hide his own Easter egg. Oh, you win the day, Marianne. There you go. News Talk 1110, 99.3 WBT.